Good morning and welcome to Our American Heritage. I am March Hunter, the host of the program. Our American Heritage is a program where we explore in depth the American experience from its beginning to the present. And for the past week, we've been looking at the, the, uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor, the causes for the, the, the attack of the Japanese on Pearl Harbor, uh, why the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, their thinking, their mistakes, and the mistakes the United States made in, in our thinking post-World War I and prior to the attack on Pearl Harbor. And then we want to talk about also what we have learned from the sudden attack on Pearl Harbor. President Roosevelt said that, that declared war on Japan on December 8th, 1941. And he said in his speech that December 7th, 1941 is a date that will live in infamy. And we've just now witnessed a week or so ago the 80th anniversary of the bombing of Pearl Harbor. And as each year, as some of the veterans that attend the ceremonies out of Pearl Harbor, we're beginning to see fewer and fewer of these men and personnel who are able to attend the Memorial Pearl Harbor because we are now 80 years past it at this point. And uh, hopefully, we will never repeat another Pearl Harbor in, in American history. And we need to look at the lessons of what we have learned and what we had to learn from the attack on Pearl Harbor. And if you recall in, in review in our last show, we talked about the reasons Japan attacked us at Pearl Harbor, because Japan in 1931 had the idea and wanted to be a world power. And to be a world power, you need resources. And to have resources, you need to possess land. So the Japanese attacked. They attacked Manchuria in 1931. Then they attacked Shanghai. They now go to war against the Chinese because they want China and they want China for the land. And they also want the resources that China possesses. They were also buying resources from us after World War I, specifically our scrap steel and iron. We were selling them aviation fuel at this point. And so they were buying resources from us. China, we were friendly with China. We considered China to be an ally. This is before China became a communist nation. That's 1949. We support China with military supplies. Other allies did. The Japanese cut off those supply routes coming into China. They cut off the Burma Road. We sent a few of our gunboats over to support China, not militarily, just in support. The Japanese sink one of our gunboats, the Panay, in 1937. Virtually, America has no reaction other than accepting the Japanese apology and taking the $2 million that they offered for it. But what that said to Japan that America did not want to fight, America was not looking for a fight, and because we were militarily weak at that point, Japan did not believe that we would fight. So President Roosevelt then puts an embargo against Japan. Japan really wants that embargo lifted. They believed that if they showed force towards the United States, then we would acquiesce and take away the embargo. And so this is where the Japanese, particularly with Admiral Yamamoto, understands that the United States needs to be away or out of 
the Pacific. So Admiral Yamamoto comes up with the plan to attack Pearl Harbor. And his plan was to attack Pearl Harbor, take Hawaii, use it as a springboard, and ultimately, if they had to, invade the United States and get the United States out of the Pacific and all the island chain out there. Admiral Yamamoto comes up with the plan. General Tojo comes to power as the prime minister of Japan in October of 1941. We, with our intelligence in the Pacific called MAGIC, are, com- are coming to the conclusion that the Japanese are going to attack us somewhere. We didn't think it was Pearl Harbor. Ultimately, unfortunately, when the attack did happen at 7.55 in the morning on December 7th, it totally did take us by surprise at that point. So the attack on Pearl Harbor was about an hour and 20 minutes long. It started at 7.55 in the morning. The Japanese damaged and sunk many of our battleships. They destroyed 350, hit or damaged 350 of the American planes at Pearl Harbor. Ultimately, 70 civilians are killed with the attack on Pearl Harbor. About 2,400 of our military personnel are killed. Most of them were are entombed in the Arizona that's on the bottom of Pearl Harbor still to this day. So the, the Japanese attack Pearl Harbor, Admiral Yamamoto comes up with the plan. Um, well, fortunately for the United States, General Tojo believed that if they attacked Pearl Harbor, that we would back away from an embargo. So he only took part of Admiral Yamamoto's plan to attack Pearl Harbor, and then we would back away. Admiral Yamamoto's plan was to have a three-wave attack on Pearl Harbor, destroy the battleships, destroy the airfields, and destroy the dry docks. The Japanese on Friday, December 5th, got intelligence that two of our aircraft carriers were at port. Those carriers were sent out of port sometime Friday after the Japanese got that last intelligence report. So our two carriers were not at Pearl Harbor with the attack. And that's very fortunate for the United States at that point. For there's several reasons. Uh, After the second wave, when Admiral Yamamoto's planes were coming back to the ship, ships, he was getting reports that our carriers were not there. Our carriers were not at Pearl Harbor. And he was getting reports of the significant damage that the Japanese had done against our ships and our airfields. So after the second wave of attack, Admiral Yamamoto made the decision to call off the third wave of attack and get the ships and get the aircraft carriers away from Pearl Harbor. Because he believed that if our carriers could find his ships, that we would attack his ships and he would probably lose some of his ships and possibly lose his aircraft carriers. And we have to remember that the Japanese had limited resources and they couldn't afford to lose specifically their aircraft carriers or their other naval ships and be able to replace them. So Admiral Yamamoto called off the attack after the second wave, which was angered his other admirals, obviously his pilots, because he realized that he couldn't risk 
our carriers finding the t- Japanese task force and attacking it, particularly when the, his airplanes were attacking Pearl Harbor. So that after Admiral Yamamoto believed he had a significant victory of sorts by taking out or destroying a lot of our ships and our battleships. Well, that afternoon, as they were celebrating their victory, Admiral Yamamoto uh, was very concerned and he understood what they exactly were doing and the results of it. And that's when he gave his famous quote and said that um, Japan attacked the United States 55 minutes before they gave their declaration of war, which was supposed to be given to our Secretary of War in Washington uh, before they attacked Pearl Harbor. It was delayed because of the translation and the typist. So the Japanese actually attacked Pearl Harbor 55 minutes before they declared war on the United States. Admiral Admiral Yamamoto knew that, and he said, "I can't think that I can't think of anything that anger would anger the Americans more. For all we've done is awake a sleeping giant and fill him with a terrible resolve." And that was very true and very prophetic for Admiral Yamamoto. And Admiral, Yam, um, Admiral Yamamoto knew what America could do with our factories, converting our car plants and factories over to making war weaponry and airplanes and ships because Admiral Yamamoto understood our culture because he went to school here. And he understood that if he didn't fully destroy everything at Pearl Harbor, that that ultimately would wake up the United States, of which it did. So here are some of the mistakes that the Japanese made at Pearl Harbor. Obviously, attacking Pearl Harbor, the major mistake, and not not destroying our, our total naval force. The harbor, the Pearl, the harbor, the depth of, of Pearl Harbor is shallow. So if the Japanese did sink a ship or some of our ships, it was still a shallow harbor where we would still be able to fix them and raise them. Um, So they made a major mistake with that. The other mistake that they made, is the most significant mistake, was they did not destroy our dry docks. You use dry docks to repair ships, to refit ships, so that they can put back on the ocean. So almost, you know, in less than six months, the large majority of ships that were either attacked and sunk or greatly hit at Pearl Harbor, we're back in service because the Japanese did not give us a decisive blow by destroying the dry docks at Pearl Harbor, which they did not do. Uh, and while I'm there, we also have to remember uh, a gentleman named Dory Miller, who was uh, a steward on the USS West Virginia, and what he did to to man an uh, anti-aircraft gun. And he at least shot down one Japanese plane, possibly two Japanese planes. And and Dory Miller was the first African-American awarded a Navy Cross, which is the Navy's highest service award for his actions during the attack at that point. And he was, if you've seen the movie Pearl Harbor, he was played by Cuba Gooding in the movie. The Japanese also lost five of their midget submarines on the attack because they tried to get in through the nets and some of them did. We we just about a year and a half ago found the fourth midget sub, 
we, it, the, the fifth one is still out there somewhere. But, and we know, but we have not been able to, to find it yet. And ultimately, every ship of the 30 ships that attacked Pearl Harbor were destroyed by the United States Naval Fleet. Only one survived the end of the war. Only one survived to the end of the war. And it was finally surrendered. It was finally surrendered at the end of the war. So all 30 ships, 29 of their 30 ships were destroyed uh, after the attack on Pearl Harbor and at, through the rest of, of World War II. On December 8th, President Roosevelt asked Congress to declare war on Japan, which we did declare war on Japan. J Japan turned around and declared war on the United States by then. Three days later, Germany and Italy also declare war on the United States. And now we're now involved in the Second World War. And we're involved in a Second World War that we really didn't want at that point in time to fight. We were weak militarily. We were in isolation. We had, we had to begin to build up tremendously with our military. We had to build ships, repair ships, aircraft carriers. We had to make planes, tanks, weaponry. Uh, we had to take, we had to enlarge our military very, very quickly. It was somewhere around, before the attack on Pearl Harbor, somewhere around 130,000 total in all five branches of our military. So we had to begin to amass our military relatively quickly. And Admiral Yamamoto knew that. He, he absolutely knew that. So without the Japanese being able to destroy our dry docks, we were able to repair all the ships that were damaged or sunk at Pearl Harbor, except for three, the Arizona, the Oklahoma, and the Utah. The Utah was an antiquated ship and decided it wasn't worth repairing. The Oklahoma turned over, it turtled, it turned over. We were able to raise it, but it was not repairable. And the Arizona is the one that blew up and it's on the bottom. Part of the ship is on the bottom at Pearl Harbor. Oil still bubbles up from the Arizona. Uh, there's about 1,200 sailors that are entombed in the Arizona. And it's the only ship that's been sunk of the United States Navy that is still active on active duty. It's never been deactivated. So the Arizona is still on active duty. And one of the reasons is, is so the, um, the spouses of, of the, the veterans or the sailors uh, could receive their pensions and the significance of even though the Arizona is on the bottom Pearl Harbor, the gun turrets still come up out of the water uh, at low tide. It's still technically on, on active duty. So after the attack on Pearl Harbor, as we begin to begin to raise our military, we begin to bring in our military personnel as we, we, we begin to effectively go back to a, a massively large draft, we began to militarily build up our personnel and our weaponry. And as I said, three days after December 11th, Adolf Hitler declares war in the United States. He was warned by his ranking field marshals, do not declare war on the United States. Do not declare war on the United States. They really don't want to fight. And it would be a major problem to declare war on the United States. And Hitler just laughed at him and he said, they're fat, 
they're lazy, and they're really just Boy Scouts in bad uniforms. Well, again, Adolf Hitler didn't understand the American culture at that time either, because he began to see later on exactly what these Boy Scouts in bad uniforms could do. So after the attack on Pearl Harbor, when we declare war on Japan, we be we declare war on Nazi Germany and the Axis powers, we now have to begin to significantly build up our military, which when we converted these factories over, we began to build ships, we began to build weaponry, we had to, to build planes and, and, and begin to modernize so much of our military. And honestly, when we when a lot of our military went into basic training, we didn't have the, the weaponry for them. A lot of them had to practice with sticks, two by fours. Uh, we didn't have enough tanks to to have field operations. So a lot of the World War One trucks were driving around with the word tank on the side of it. We didn't have the hand grenades for them to practice. So they were they were throwing uh, old orange juice cans with with baby powder inside of it. And so we really had to make a modern military. And fortunately, General George Marshall began to see in 1935 how we needed to, to make our military larger and begin to look towards the possibility of the next war. So in 1939, General Marshall brings back Colonel Eisenhower from the Pacific to help begin to plan, unfortunately, the plans for and if and when we had to get involved in World War II. But in the Pacific, after the attack on Pearl Harbor, the Japanese also attacked in the first 24 hours after Pearl Harbor, eight other smaller military bases of the United States throughout the Pacific Island chain. And later on in December, the Japanese then invade the Philippines with a 100,000-man army. So they invade the Philippines, and this is where General MacArthur had the United States Army there. The Japanese invade the Philippines. Unfortunately, our army there was cut off, and it was, mostly had antiquated equipment against the Japanese modern military equipment. Our army there was cut off, isolated. President MacArthur, President Roosevelt ordered MacArthur out of the Philippines, which after the third order, he finally left. And unfortunately, several months later, we had to surrender our, our total army to the Japanese, which that's the death march of Bataan. And it was it was the it has been the worst military military defeat in American history at that point. But as we began to 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 armor ourselves for the European theater and then the Pacific theater, we needed hope. We needed something to come along to help us, to help us to at least give us some understanding of possibly uh, to giving us some hope there. And so in April of 1942, that's where we see the, um, the Doolittle Raid on Tokyo, flying those B-25 Mitchells off the aircraft carrier, bombing Tokyo, and then having to crash land over in China. Not a significant amount of damage was done to Japan, but what it sent the Japanese was a message that if America can do this five months after Pearl Harbor, 
what are we going to be, be able to do to them in a year as we continue to build up our military and our weaponry and our personnel? So exactly what happened with Yamamoto's famous quote of uh, waking a sleeping giant is beginning to become true. And then we see by May into June, the turning point already was the Battle of Midway. And we see that that's the turning point because now we have fully understood the Japanese codes. We've understood their military code. We knew that they were going to attack Midway. And so as the Japanese were attacking Midway, we attacked their naval task force and were able to sink for their aircraft carriers, which that already now was the turning point of the war. So what in, in the Pacific? So what Admiral Yamamoto thought would take at least a year if we didn't surrender after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, we are now into May with the Battle of Midway. And that begins a turning point because the Japanese cannot replace their carriers. The Japanese made another mistake in thinking that the battleships were still going to be the most important ship in the Navy, in the modern Navy. And now we know, particularly specifically in the Pacific War, that it's not the battleship that is now the most important ship. It's the aircraft carrier, because this becomes now naval battles from this time on will now be fought from the air with airplanes attacking these ships. So we see that turn in in May into June with the Battle of Midway, and before that in April with the Doolittle Raid with the attack and the bombing of Tokyo. Now what we learned from that is that the United States should not be in isolation. The United States must maintain a strong, powerful military to be a presence in the war in the world and never to be taken off guard again. So we have built up our military. We have kept our military modern. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we had the attack on 9-11. Um, we fought back quickly after 9-11, but we can never, ever forget, one, the, the remembrance of the bombing of Pearl Harbor, the reason the Japanese bombed us to Pearl Harbor, what we have, what we learned from the bombing of Pearl Harbor, the importance of continuing to keep our intelligence at a high level through to, to particularly to protect us from the enemies of our country. So we look back and in World War II, Japan, Germany, and Italy were enemies. When the war is finally over, we invaded and we occupy Japan and we occupy Japan, our enemy not to make them part of the United States, but to help them create a democracy. So all these years later, as General MacArthur helped them write their constitution, Japan today is a strong ally of the United States. Japan today is a democracy today because we defeated the militaristic Japanese and we helped the civilians of Japan create a democracy. And we see also today that Italy and Germany also are allies of the United States, which was absolutely contrary to what the Red Army did, the Soviet Army did, as they're marching their way back across Europe. So we remember the bombing of Pearl Harbor, the effects of Pearl Harbor, the causes of the bombing of Pearl Harbor, a date that will live in infamy, that we should never forget. 
We should never forget the lessons that we learned there and what the causes of Pearl Harbor was and how we should never, ever allow that to happen again in the history of this country. December 7th, 1941, a date that will live in infamy and a date that should always have major significance for our country. This is WFYL 1180 AM, working for your liberty.